You're listening to the Resurgent ATL Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy today's message. I don't believe you. Man, in case you guys are, uh, don't know who Ryan Pena is, uh, Ryan uh, is a, uh, he, he, he and his dad co-pastor a church out in San Antonio. Ryan's also part of the leadership team and uh, brings some heavy, uh, heavy, revy kingdom revelation uh, to SOK. He's part of that team as well. Runs a uh, King Builders portion of that, uh, of the SOK training, which is always amazing. Uh, but Ryan carries a really amazing gift and, and uh, a, an ability to be able to unpack heavy revelation and make it really palatable. Um, and just like, really, you're going to have some aha, woo moments today. I promise you that. So sit up, tune in, get your notepads out. Please help me welcome from San Antonio, Texas, Mr. Ryan Pena. All right. Thank you, Lord. So good to be here. Uh, appreciate all of the traffic and rain. That's, uh, man, we, we, we landed, I don't know, um, about 8.30 on Friday night. And so we're going through Atlanta at about uh, 9.30 at night. And I'm like, why is there rush hour traffic at 9.30 at night here in Atlanta? And uh, I mean, we got... We have traffic in San Antonio, but y'all take it to a whole other level, I think. I don't know. It's, it's crazy. But uh, such an honor to be here. I, I really appreciate the, the opportunity. You know, whenever I, whenever I go somewhere, my, my heart is always like, Lord, what, are you, what have you been doing here already that maybe I can um, just kind of highlight and, and partner with? Because y'all are the ones that are doing all of the kingdom labor in this region, right? I get to come in and just ride on the wave that y'all have already been, uh, you know, already been riding on. And so, so it really is a, a, an opportunity for me to just share my heart and what I sense from the Lord. Uh, I was sharing this last night at, at Jake's house. You know, uh, there's, there's a lot of things that we can, we can talk about, we can teach, we can preach, we can do all that. But man, one of the things that just is so key on my heart is I, I, I really want something fresh from the Lord for you, right? Uh, I don't want to just kind of like, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, you can kind of have the mentality, you know, whenever I go someplace, I'm going to bring my, you know, one of my three key messages or one of my favorite, you know, one of my hot messages or whatever. And I, I really want to just like, Lord, what's on your heart? What, what is it that you're, that you're doing, that you're saying, that you're releasing? And Man, I, I want to go after that, Lord. Amen. And so, so I want to invite you uh, to into this into this journey that I'm on. As far as you know, like, um, let's go after what God wants to do this morning. And I believe that this is not about a Sunday morning service. I believe this is about something God wants to do in this house. Uh, activation, you know, breakthrough, release in this region as well. And and so I want to. I want us to, to be able to have an open heart to that. Amen? Is that good? We all right? So here we go. Let's see. Oh, my goodness. I have several things that I want to share with you. <laughs> and, uh, but let me, let me start by saying this. Uh, it's, uh, I, you know, I don't always get to travel uh, with some of my family. I have my, my wife, Leslie, my son, Nathan. It's my oldest son, Nathan. And so get the opportunity to, to travel a little bit here and there. Uh, I, I started hitting, uh, well, visiting my, my first international trip, right? So I have this thing with nations and regions, and my first international trip was, I think, 2005, somewhere around there, and it was to Jordan and Syria, all right? So normally it's like, well, first international trip, let's go someplace easy, uh, but no, no, we went to Jordan and we went to Syria and uh, ministered in the underground church in Syria. And that was really powerful. The Lord gave me a word for Syria. And, uh, and, and it was just, you know, just this download. And, and the Lord says to me, I'm in the hotel room, and he says to me, as a sign, he says, I want you to tell the people that as a sign, this word is from me, uh, that after you release this word, it's going to rain. And I was like, Lord, you know, we're like in the desert. I mean, this is, there's no clouds, there's no moisture, right, you know, and um, <clears throat> so 
So then I'm, I'm releasing this word in, in the meeting that we're at. And as I'm releasing it, there is just such a saturation of the presence of the Lord. And I mean, the, the, the just faith and, and presence are saturating. And so I was like, man, I, I, I just sensed it so strong. And I said, the Lord wants you to know that as a sign, this word over your nation is from him, that after this word is released, it's going to rain. And so, so after the meeting, uh, there was a pastor from Egypt and then the pastor there in Syria, they said, let's go get food. You know, everybody would all eat together, right? So we go down to get uh, to this place to get some food. And as we're standing outside that restaurant, guess what happens? It starts to rain and they're like, look, look. And I'm trying not to act too excited or too shocked. (laughs) Like, oh, ye of little faith. No, I was like, I was like, oh, thank you, Jesus. I was like, in these parts, they stone guys that miss stuff like that, right? So, and so, and, uh, so you know, I, I, love, I love when the Lord just begins to release things over a region. How, how many of you know that one word can shift everything? One word can shift everything. You know, I, I grew up in the, in the prophetic movement in the 90s. Uh, where so the first time that I ever experienced the prophetic, I was 16 years old. I couldn't tell you what's a word of knowledge or discernment or you know gifts of the Holy Spirit. I didn't know anything of that. I, I was ministering to the youth group in my dad's church. My dad's been pastoring for almost 40 years in San Antonio, and um, I'm ministering to the youth there. And it's the first time I've ever spoken publicly, right? It's first message, and it was on the power of words. I still remember it to this day, the power of words and how if you allow, if you allow it, people's words will define you, right? And that words define you based on your agreement with those words. And so there's things today that people, you know, in their adult life are struggling with because of words spoken to them in their youth, in their childhood, that they came into agreement with. Oh, you can't learn anything. And they came into agreement with that. And now they, you know, they're 40-something, 50-something thinking, I, I just can't learn. I can't read the Bible and learn. I'm, I'm just too dumb. And it's a lie that you come into agreement with, right? And, and we think, oh, I got to go through all this, you know, you know, demonic deliverance stuff. Sometimes you just need to change agreement, friend. Because it's not a powerful devil, it's a powerful you with a powerful agreement. <laughs> it's not the devil that's powerful, your agreement is powerful. Right? If, if, truth, if truth frees you, lies restrict you. And, and so the Lord said to me years ago as he started redefining warfare for me, I'll go back to my 16-year-old story in a minute, but when the Lord uh, was redefining spiritual warfare for me years ago, he said, Ryan, he said, all spiritual warfare is a battle over your agreement. It's a battle over your agreement, and the weapons are truth and lies, the primary weapons. And so, so it's really about shifting the mindset, which is why Scripture makes such an emphasis on renewing the mind. Why? Because, you know, when it's talking about renewing the mind, it's not talking about just trying to, you know, I, I'm just, now please don't, don't misunderstand me here because, you know, I, I'm 100% in agreement with memorizing Scripture and all that. But how many of you know renewing the mind? You can memorize Scripture, and yet it hasn't renewed your mind until you come into agreement with it. Memorizing something doesn't mean I'm aligning with it. And so there's a shift that Holy Spirit is bringing where, where I think we, the church has limited Holy Spirit to, you know, the job of the Holy Spirit is to get you to believe in God. True, but let's take it a step further. The, really, the higher goal of the Holy Spirit is to get you to believe like God. Like God. Not just in God, but like God. Which is why he's called the convincer in Greek. I, you know, we read this in John 16 that he convicts, right? He can, that word in the Greek actually is convinces. He is convincing us of truth. Convincing us of what the Father is like. You know, it's like... Uh, do I believe about God what God believes about himself? The Holy Spirit wants to shift my understanding to bring me to where I begin to believe about God what God believes about himself. God believes he's pretty good. <laughs> do I believe about me what God believes about me? Holy Spirit's wanting to convince us to start to believe about ourselves the way he believes about us. 
I was doing an interview, like an online interview uh, several years ago, and the question was brought to me, uh, Ryan, what's the Lord doing right now? And I wasn't prepared for it. You know, I was like, oh, snap. Uh, yeah, what are you doing right now, Lord? And, man, it was, aren't you grateful for those times where it's just like an instant response? Like, oh, thank you, Jesus. I'm so, whew. And, and uh, so he said, he said, I am convincing you of what I already know about you. I'm convincing you of what I already know about you. So, so let me go back to my, uh, my first time ministering uh, publicly, 16 years old, youth group. There's about 11, about 11 uh, youth in the room. And I'm sharing this, this message on the power of words. And at the end, I don't have, I really honestly didn't have faith to pray for anybody. And I, again, I didn't, I didn't know what prophetic was or, or ministry. I don't even think I knew what the anointing was. I mean, I was just, you know, 16 years old. And, and so... I had a friend of mine uh, named Gabriel, and I said, my, my friend Gabriel's going to pray for you, and I'm just going to say amen. <laughs> so, that's as much faith as I had. <laughs> okay. And uh, so, so he's praying. Now, here was the crazy thing. As Gabriel, my, as my friend, not, not the angel, as, Gabriel, <laughs> as Gabriel's praying for them, all of a sudden, uh, it's, it's almost like... Pastor Chris, it's almost like a, there was a monitor over their head, and I began to see events about their life. I, I, began, I, I could see them in their room. I could see them uh, a, a heartbreak. I could see different scenes about their life. Uh, I could describe their room. I could describe the situation. I could, you know, the things that happened. And one by one, as we prayed for them, the Lord just began to open my eyes to that seer dimension. And I had no idea what that was. Afterward, like, you know, and, and they just start crying and the Holy Spirit's ministering to them. And, uh, I mean, man, aren't you glad we have a, a God who is, who is still operational? <laughs> Speaking and revealing that, that we don't have a God who is deaf, blind, and mute. Come on, you know what I'm saying? And that he still speaks and he still, and, and, and people will say, well, salvation's the greatest miracle. Well, then everything else should still be easy then. Prophetic should be easy then. Healing should be easy then, right? Because if he's still, if he's still bringing salvation, everything else is included. So anyway, that's a, that's a whole other story. Uh, maybe I'm just pushing back on something in the region. I don't know here. But, uh, but so, so the thing is this, is that, uh, you know, that was my first encounter. And listen, ever since then, I just was like, Lord, I love any way that you speak. Any, I mean, even before I knew that was possible, I remember as I was like 12 years old, 13 years old, um, I remember like in my room just saying, man, is it, I would talk to the Lord and I, I wanted a communication. I wanted to have communication with God. And, uh, and so, I, I mean, I was 12 years old. I, I, I uh, experienced conversion about the age of 11. And, and then that summer I read like pretty much almost all the New Testament that summer. Except for the book of Revelation, because to a 12-year-old, that's pretty scary. Right? I was like, eh, I don't know about all that. <laughs> so, and, uh, but everything else, you know, I, I began to read. And, and so there was always this hunger in me for communication and, and to encounter God. So, so this was, so this was my, my first experience. And then the Lord just began to, to increase that. I, I met some uh, international prophets in the 90s, people that had... Um, really powerful encounters with the Lord, and it just awakened things in me. And so I remember in the 90s, uh, we, we had in 1996, we had an outpouring of the Holy Spirit in my dad's church. Now, listen, my dad, we came from some really legalistic background, all right? I mean, listen, if there was laughing in the church, that was out of order, of the devil, you're, you know, you're getting rebuked, okay? I mean, it was like pretty, pretty severe, and, and everything was very, very performance-oriented, very legalistic, very law-based. And all of a sudden, Holy Spirit breaks in. And we would have, I remember we had these ladies standing in the back of the church. And they would say, the river is here. And they could see a river flowing in the front. And they ran full speed and jumped into the carpet. 
and they're like doing backstrokes on the carpet. And, and we're like, I'm not too sure about all this. Like, I don't, like theologically, I don't know about all this, but it feels like God. And here's, here was, the, here was the, the real key, was their fruit. People that had the religious, um, you know, depression almost. I mean, it was like the, the seriousness of religion. I mean, no, religion doesn't allow anything other than seriousness. If you're laughing, it's because you don't get it. We're in serious times. <laughs> you know, and, and so that was religion, right? Just, oh, it was very serious and very somber. And, and, and we looked, I mean, we, we had all the, the serious face and whatever. And then to see children who were experiencing God. Little children and, and ladies that were jumping into the carpet and, and people that, and marriages that were being saved, AIDS, documented AIDS that was healed, dead being raised. I mean, we saw all that in 1996. We, and you say, well, was there documents? Yes, we had the documents that, that for, for example, this one individual, he had, uh, he had been diagnosed with AIDS and uh, came and we prayed for him. And I mean, but there was a rawness. There was, there was something in the prophetic that was not just, it, it was not just flowers and fields and rainbows and whatever, you know, like, oh, it's just all beautiful. There was power in the prophetic. There was power in the word of the Lord. There was demonstrations of the spirit that we had not experienced before. And so we had this one guy came in, had documented AIDS, and then uh, we, we prayed for him and and uh, actually, we did more than pray for him. We, um, one of the guys on our team felt led from the Lord to just pick him up and begin to shake him. And the guy's just like, okay, I'm going with it. And, you know, he's just, <laughs> <it's> like, <laughs> but was there fruit? Yeah. He came back with the document, AIDS free. AIDS free. <clears throat> and so, so. You know, I, I share this with you because this was this was kind of my uh, my upbringing, and and I, you know, especially in that '96 era, that time period, we, I mean, the prophetic just went to a whole other dimension. I mean, it was so clear and specific and powerful, and uh, but here was the thing: we had horrible theology. I mean, horrible theology. I mean, it's, it, you know, it was, it was still angry, angry God. It was, you know, mentioned sinners saved by grace. Like, we're just unworthy sinners saved by grace. Well, I guess the cross didn't work. I mean, here's a picture, right? How many know the Old Testament is types and shadows, pictures? So when a man brought the sacrifice to the altar, and that sacrifice stood in his place, and there was an exchange. His guilt and the sacrifice's innocence were exchanged. His guilt was placed on the sacrifice, and the innocence was placed on him, right? How many of you know that if he walked away from that altar concluding that I still have sin, then what he is saying is the sacrifice didn't work? If you walk away from the altar of the cross concluding that I'm still just a sinner, then what we're saying is it didn't work. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> now, does it mean that we don't still make some mistakes? We don't still... No, there is, there is still the, the lies that are being broken off. But your state before the Father is not sinner, it's righteous. And this is what Paul is arguing about in Romans and Galatians, but especially, especially Romans, um, especially verses, uh, chapters 5 and 6 there, is this whole thing of your identity that has been shifted because of what Jesus has done. That's a whole other thing. <clears throat> so in, uh, as the Lord was doing all these things for us in the, in the late 90s, Again, just raw prophetic, raw power, all these different things. And, and, uh, but we had terrible theology. And so right around the year 2000, uh, I have this encounter with the Lord in which the Lord says to me, he says, Ryan, I'm about to redefine everything you think you know. <laughs> 
Now, I'd been four years in Bible college. I'd already been doing ministry for a while. I'd been doing prophetic. We just had an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I mean, all these different things. And, and he says, I'm about to redefine everything you think you know. And remember that verse in Hebrews where it says he's the author and the finisher of our faith? Remember that? He said, I'm supposed to be the author of your faith. He said, but there are pages written in your heart that I didn't author. He said, things that you believe that I don't believe. He said, and so some of those pages I'm going to have to rewrite and some I'm going to have to completely tear out. And he said, I'm going to redefine what you call church, what you call Christianity, what you call revival, what you call prophetic, what you call worship, intercession, spiritual warfare. Like he went down the whole list. He said, I'm going to redefine what you call all these things. And friends, that was 23 years ago, and I am still in that redefining process, and I think I will be for the rest of my life, to be honest. Some people would call it repentance, changing the way you think. I'm in a lifelong journey of repentance. <laughs> I mean, I'm complete. I mean, God is, and, and it's, sometimes it's not necessarily about I was wrong. Sometimes it's just there just wasn't as much understanding as what, you, as what is being revealed, right? Like you had a certain measure of understanding, and, that, and there may have been some truth, but not, there's an upgrade for it. Let's say it that way. And I believe we are definitely right now in a time of upgrades, where God is upgrading our theology. He's upgrading our language. He's upgrading our understanding. Amen? And so, so this has been my, my process. This has been where God has, has been taking me. And, uh, and so I want to, I, wanna, I shared all that because as I was mentioning, the prophetic and the supernatural dimensions that we experienced in the 90s and early 2000s were incredible, powerful. I mean, uh, it was just accurate words, shifting things, like, when, like releasing a word that would literally shift a situation, that would shift something in a marriage or a family or a financial thing where you release the word and then like, like within a week or so, everything's changed. I mean, powerful stuff like that. And, but again, we had a terrible view of God. We had a terrible, I mean, it was, it, it was terrible in the sense of like, we weren't just looking for gold. We were looking for like the good, the bad, and the ugly. Okay. And, uh, and so, yeah, uh, ma'am, yes, you in the back with the, with the Jezebel spirit. Yes, ma'am, please stand up. You know, so, <laughs> it's, it's like, you're like, oh my goodness, that's terrible. I know, I know it was. You're lucky you didn't know me 25 years ago. So. And, um. But we didn't know any better. We just, I mean, if you saw it, you, you say it, you know, it's like, and not realizing like, you know, the Lord said to me years ago, he said, Ryan, your discernment might be accurate, but it may not be truth. And I was like, say what? Come again. He says, your discernment might be accurate, but it may not be truth. He says, because truth is what I say. So maybe I discern an addiction. Maybe I discern a, 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 a negative thing. And that might be accurate. But what's the Father say about them? So, oh, I discern that, that issue that person has. But the Father says this about them. You see the difference. See, the word of the Lord will, is, called, is, is going to call them out of that. I don't need to call them into what they already know they're in. I need to call them out by the word of the Lord that defines them. So that's what I love about the prophetic. The prophetic will redefine your identity. It's not because... Now listen. Oh, man. Come on. Okay. <laughs> so I love in, in Zechariah 3, there is this crazy passage in Zechariah 3. Zechariah is a prophet, right? And he has this visionary experience where he sees Joshua the high priest. That was the name of the, of the high priest during that time. And it says that Joshua has these filthy garments, and so he's in this heavenly scene, and, and it's Zechariah, it's the angel of the Lord, it's the high priest Joshua with filthy garments. He says, and Satan was there opposing and accusing. And so the angel says, change the garments, bring in new clean robes. How many know the robe of righteousness has been given to you? 
Isaiah 61.10, that the robe of righteousness has been given to you. The very righteousness that Jesus earned in his own obedience, you receive by simple faith. <laughs> oh, man, we could, we could, there's so many bunny trails we could go in. But, but so the angel says, <clears throat> change the garments, ch- take off those filthy garments and put new, clean, rich robes, robes of righteous identity. Change his identity. It's a prophetic picture. And I love this. And then Zechariah says, says, then I said, Zechariah says, then I said, and let them change the headpiece too. The turban. He says in some of your translations there in Zechariah 3, the headpiece. And so they did that. Do you realize what just happened? The prophet, Zechariah is actually what I call a builder prophet. That's a whole nother, we could do a weekend on that. But, but he's a builder prophet. And what the Lord did supernaturally in changing the identity of Joshua the high priest, the prophet comes in to say, now change the mindset to match the identity. Yeah. The prophetic is meant to realign your thinking to match what Jesus has done. The prophetic is shifting your mindset so that you come into agreement with, this, with the work of Jesus that has been accomplished in your life. It is realigning your agreement, realigning the way you think. Does that make sense? And so, so this whole thing about the prophetic, it was just, let me say this. This is what I've been thinking about. I, I 110% agree with and believe in First uh, Corinthians uh, 14, the, the prophetic is edification, exhortation, comfort. 110%. We need that. That's true. And, and I'm so grateful because, you know, like I said, we had really bad theology. And, and you've been seeing over the last couple of decades better theology being introduced to the prophetic. Now, there's still work to be done, obviously. But we, but we do see a better, healthier uh, dimension of the prophetic that's operating in the body of Christ. And, so there's, and, and most of it is surrounding encouragement, encouraging words. And again, I love that. We need that. I want that more. But I also want to see the type of prophetic that is razor sharp, that shifts things, that transforms things. That doesn't only encourages you, but launches you. It doesn't only build you, it actually shifts you into something that would not have been possible without the word of the Lord shifting you into it. There is something about the power of the prophetic that God wants to restore in the body of Christ. The power of the raw prophetic. We have tried to sterilize and neuter the prophetic to where it doesn't have the power that we, have no, that we know it has according to scripture. We can't sterilize it and, and neutralize it and neuterize it and whatever else. We've got to actually allow the prophetic word of the Lord to have the power that God designed for it to have. And I'm hungry for that. I want to see that being restored to the body of Christ. Amen. And, and so that accurate prophetic the, and, and the word of the Lord that has oil on it, that has presence on it, that has saturation on it. That, that, man, I don't even know if I understand everything they said, but I felt God. You know, does that make sense? Like, I could, I could sense the, the demonstration. There needs to be a demonstration of power on the word of the Lord. And, um, you know, <clears throat> this year, 2023, is actually 40 years since the uh, reintroducing of the prophetic on a corporate level through uh, Mike Bickle and, and, and some of the Kansas City uh, outpouring that happened uh, in 1983 is when it began. There was not corporate prophetic, there were some individual prophets and individual prophetic ministries uh, throughout history you know, that you can, you can find. But on a corporate level, that didn't happen until 1983. That's actually when Bob Jones met Mike Bickle, 1983. And, and that's when it began to open up and prophetic encounters, prophetic activation, prophetic equipping. You had people like Larry Randolph, James Gall, and, and, and others that were part of all of those different things. And, 
and let me say this. I know some of us might be like, oh, you know, if I, I couldn't put names out there right now, like maybe even just Bob Jones or whoever, and immediately we'll be like, oh, mm, they did this. They... Let me tell you, friends, <clears throat> uh, if, you want, if you want to... If you want to receive the fruit of what pioneers have sown, you need to recognize that when you're pioneering something, you're going to make some mistakes. Do not discount what was accomplished just because of some of the mistakes. Because if that's the case, you'll discount Jesus who comes from David. Right? I mean, David, the one that we could say, oh, the murderer, the adulterer, you know, all these things. And, and yet Jesus is the seed of David. Don't, you, you, you don't discount the Messiah because of the mistakes of David. Even heaven in in book of Revelation chapter 5 there where Jesus is seated upon the throne of David, right? And he's, all these different things, the seed of David and all that. So so I, I know that we can, we can put names out there that people can like disqualify. But I, I, let me say this. I don't think we're big enough to disqualify what God has qualified. Amen. And so, so this year is 40 years since the prophetic was reintroduced on a corporate level. And I believe that God wants to take this to another dimension. I believe he wants to take this to, I, I, listen, I believe that the, the Lord wants us to experience the prophetic in a way that has such a, a demonstration of power and activation and life that it's nothing like what we have seen in the last 20 years. Okay. All right. This is not my main message. It's a little introduction and I'm getting hungry and it's 1142. So, <clears throat> <clears throat> Oh my goodness. All right. So, um, so let, let's do this. Let's go, let's go to second Kings chapter six very quickly. I'd have a few things I, I, I want to share with you. And in this connects with what I've been sharing. Uh, let's go to scripture. Second <clears throat> Kings chapter six, verse one, and the sons of the prophets said to Elisha, see now the place where we dwell with you is too small for us. Please let us go to the Jordan and let every man take a beam from there and let us make there a place where we can dwell. And he answered, go. And then they said, uh, please consent to go with us, right? And so he says, I'll go with you. And then verse four, so he goes with them. They came to the Jordan and they start cutting down trees. Now, so here's the thing. <clears throat> they this is the, the company of prophets that's with Elisha. And they're saying there's not enough room for the prophetic. We want to see an increase of the prophetic. We want to see an increase. Let's, let's expand. And so he says, all right, let's do it. And then verse 5, but as they're cutting down a tree, one of them's cutting down a tree, the iron axe head fell into the water. So he's swinging this axe and the axe head falls, flies off the handle and falls into the water. And then he says here, he cries out and he says, alas, master, for it was borrowed. In other words, this wasn't mine. Now, in our days, it's like, well, what's the big deal? Let me just go down to Home Depot and buy another axe, right? I mean, you know, they didn't have that back then. If he lost that axe, he was now in debt to whoever the owner was. And depending on how much it was worth, it might have meant his freedom. <clears throat> so look at verse 6. So the man of God said, where did it fall? And he showed him the place. And so he cut off a stick, threw it in there, and he made the iron float. Therefore, he said, pick it up for yourself. And so he reached out his hand and took it. So Elisha says, where did it fall? And he says, right there in the water. And Elisha takes part of a tree, throws it in the water, and the axe head floats to the surface. The iron floats to the surface. I believe that this is, there's something in this prophetic for us, friends, that as, as we've made room for everybody to operate in the prophetic, which is necessary, um, the prophetic lost its edge. And, and I believe part of that was like, we needed to get some better theology. 
You know, whenever I see a tree being thrown into the water, a tree for me is almost always representing the finished work of Christ. What the cross, the tree has accomplished. And when you throw the cross into the water, like for example, in the Exodus, remember they came to bitter waters? And what was the solution? Throw a tree in the water and the waters will become sweet. And, and so there's something about the, the, the cross, the work of Christ being thrown into the water that causes things to shift. And in this case, it caused the prophetic, the axe head, to rise again. I believe that God has been throwing the tree into the water of the prophetic circles. In other words, better theology, the finished work of Christ, the revelation of the Father through Jesus' own person. Right? He says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. There's no contradiction. It's not good cop, bad cop. It's not like Father, you know, like Jesus holding the Father back because he wants to destroy you because he can't stand you. He's super holy and Jesus is lesser holy. And so Jesus is okay with you, but the Father's not. See, there's actually, now we wouldn't never say it like that, but that's actually what a lot of people believe. Right? It's like Jesus has to hold back the Father because he's just full of rage and wrath. But Jesus says, listen, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So the woman caught in adultery, when Jesus doesn't allow anybody to stone her, you're seeing the Father. <laughs> Luke 15, when Jesus is revealing the Father as not the one who's saying, you know, to the, to the son who's returning home. The Father's not there saying, whoa, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. How, where's all the money? Where have you been? Who were you with? No questions. What's he, I mean, he's just embracing and loving and hugging and changing the robe, the identity, right? Putting on authority, putting on dominion, putting on identity back on his son. He said, this is, Jesus is trying to display, this is what the Father's like, all right? So we needed that theology shift in the prophetic. But I want to tell you that the axe head is coming to the surface. What is the axe head? It is the it is the razor-sharp prophetic with the weight of the apostolic. There is a hybrid, there is a builder-prophet anointing that God is raising up that will have the apostolic weight with the prophetic edge for a new era of kingdom advancement. And I believe that that's what God is calling this house to bring. I'm not sharing this because I, there's nothing else. that I, I'm sharing this with you. Listen, I don't know if you've caught it by now, but what I'm sharing with you is a prophetic word for this house. Okay. <laughs> that there is the, the apostolic weight with the prophetic edge, right? And I believe this house is called, this house is throwing the tree in the water, throwing the good theology back into the streams of the prophetic so that the axe head can rise to the surface. So it's not, just, it's not just a word that could apply to 90% of the congregation, a general word that can apply to everybody almost, but it's actually something that is specific, something that has weight, something that has power, something that shifts things in the spirit and in the natural. That's the kind of prophetic that I'm hungry for. I've, I've seen it before, and I'm ruined. <laughs> I'm ruined for it. I, just, I, can't do church, I can't do the prophetic just with a, hey, you know, it's, it's, it's all good, it's, you know. You're good. It's God's good. It's going to be all right. Listen, there are times that I've seen that that's powerful, right? There's things that to me were kind of general, but to the person were specific, right? So I'm not trying to knock any of that down. I mean, I remember one time I called out all these different things on this, all this prophetic stuff. And they're like, yeah, it's all true. Yeah. yeah. And then I remember my cousin, my cousin Ernie's like, bro, I just feel like I just need to give you a hug. And I was thinking, lame. <laughs> That is such a lame word. Right there. <laughs> and so my cousin's like, I just feel from the Lord. I just got to give you a hug. And, and I'm like, dude, I just read this dude's mail. Right? But my cousin gives him a hug and he just melts. Presence of God just hits. And I'm like, what's happening here? <laughs> like, dude, I just literally like told you like half your life. What's, why, is, why, are, why didn't you respond this way when I gave you this word? <laughs> this was in 96, right? And so... And because, again, I'm, I'm, so I'm not trying to, to do away with something that might seem general or basic. That's not what I'm doing. Because even if it might seem general, there's substance. There's weight. There's presence. There's transformation. It's changing the headpiece to match the identity. 
whoo, feel the anointing on that. So, so feel something come in on that. And so, um, so let me let me go real quick to. Uh, oh my goodness, are we going to have time for that? <laughs> Somebody's on. Yes. When I when I was so when I was pastoring, uh, we pastored for eleven years. We founded a church, and so I it, it got to a point where on the uh, on the stand that I have, I'd, I'd come to put my stuff, and there'd be like Snickers and protein bars and and granola bars, or like in, in case you get hungry in the middle, so so I could eat and preach. And um, <clears throat> okay, so let's go to Isaiah fifty five quickly, quickly, my friends. <clears throat> we doing all right this morning? All right, Isaiah fifty five. <clears throat> and so <clears throat> there is the, uh, I love this here in Isaiah 55, where in verse 10, he says, um, for as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth and make it bring forth in bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, verse 11 so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish, say accomplish, what I please, and it shall prosper, say prosper, in the thing for which I sent it. Notice what he says here, where he says in verse 11, so shall my word. Now, the, the Hebrew for, in the English where we say word, the, the Hebrew for that is, is debar. D-A-B-A-R, Debar. So it says, so shall my Debar be that goes forth from my mouth. The word Debar, is, it, is a, <clears throat> it is a dynamic, active, living word that is spoken. Living word. The prophetic, the word of the Lord, is not simply a static word. Because even after I speak it, it's still working. I'm not saying it anymore, but it's still speaking. It's still active. Oh, we, well, I gave that word a year ago. Yeah, but since then, it's still been active and operational. It's moving in the spirit. It's still shifting. It's still working. It's still operating. It literally means in the, in the Hebrew, an irresistible force. It is a word that carries with it the power to accomplish what's been spoken. It's not just a word. See, the debar of God, the word of the Lord, is not just a word. It's actually a word that has within it the substance for whatever's been spoken to be accomplished. This is part of the, the actual definition. A word that carries with it power to accomplish what's been spoken. It also is a word filled with, filled with a power that is felt by the receiver. This is why when Jesus, remember the, the man who was, <clears throat> who was uh, laying on a mat because he couldn't walk? He's, he's been crippled, you know, for, I don't, I don't even think it says, but he's been laying there and Jesus walks up to him and he says, take up your mat and walk. You remember that? Do you think that man felt the power of that word? He felt the power of that word and was able to accomplish what was impossible five seconds ago. When Jesus spoke that word, it empowered him to do something that he could not do before. Because the word within itself had the necessary components for the accomplishment of that word. I've given, I've, I've, I've had words for people, you know, things that they're going to do, things that God is going to do, you know, through them or whatever. And they're like, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I could ever do that. I mean, that's, well, maybe five seconds ago, that might've been true. But now that the word has been released, that's not true anymore. It's possible now. It's a, it's available. It's possible. Right. <clears throat> and so. It, so, like I said, it has within it this power to be fulfilled, uh, and it empowers the listener. Here's the word picture. Uh, you know, Hebrew is a very word picture-oriented or picture-oriented uh, language. 
And so the word picture for this word debar is a container, a container that has everything in it. So, so let's just say that, the, that this container right here, let's say this is the word of the Lord. This is the prophetic word, the word of the Lord. That within it is everything necessary for that word to manifest. That's the word picture. The word picture is a container filled with whatever's necessary. <clears throat> I told you to say these two words here a minute ago, accomplish and prosper, and because I want to just touch on these real quick. <clears throat> the word prosper there uh, means to rush, to advance. Now, notice what he said. He says, my word will accomplish and prosper. The word of the Lord will accomplish and prosper. The word prosper means to advance, to rush, to succeed, to break out. It has the idea of going through or going over. The word of the Lord, when the word of the Lord is released, it will prosper. What do you mean? It mean it, that means it will go through anything in the way or it's going to go over anything in the way. Any resistance, any opposition, the word of the Lord, that, that is kind of like when, uh, I think it's uh, Zechariah where he says, uh, Who are you, O great mountain? You shall become a plain. See, where it says that the word of the Lord will prosper, that means that the prophetic word, the word of God that is spoken, will, if something's in the way, you're like, well, yeah, they gave me that word, but, but my financial status. Well, guess what? That mountain of financial opposition is going to either be brought down or the word is going to go through it or over it. One of those three. Because the word of the Lord is going to prosper. You don't know the, the financial mistakes. The word of the Lord's not taking your mistakes into like, well, let's see, is this going to work or not? It will prosper. It will go through the opposition. It will go through the resistance or over it or just bring it down. Then it says it will accomplish, which means to fashion, to produce, to make, to form. See, not only will the word of the Lord go through resistance, it will form whatever's necessary that is not in place. It will fashion or form whatever. It's like, well, man, yeah, maybe it's not a resistance. Maybe there's just something lacking. To prosper is to go through whatever's in the way. To accomplish is to create whatever's necessary for the word to land. Amen? And so, so the equivalent of Debar in the New Testament is the word rhema. That's the equivalent. And, uh, you know, you can write this verse down, Luke 137. Um, would you mind opening that for me real quick, Jake? Thanks. Uh, it's not that I'm weak. I just don't want to put my mic down and spill water all over it and all that. Thank you, sir. Luke 137, where it says, uh, for with God, nothing will be impossible. How many have ever read that, heard that? For with God, nothing will be impossible. When you get a chance, look up that word in, uh, you know, simple Greek, you know, like blue letter Bible app or something like that. And what you're going to find is the word nothing there where it says, for with God, nothing will be impossible. The word nothing there is actually made up of two Greek words. No rhema. Rhema, no rhema. Literally, for with God, no rhema will be impossible. No spoken word is impossible. Rhema is that spoken word, right? No spoken word will be impossible. Let's, let's flip it on the positive here. In other words, for with God, every rhema is possible. Every word is possible. And so I'm sharing this with you um, because of what I sense this house is called to carry. I want to shift into some just prophetic, um, some things prophetically. You know, um, Pastor Chris, you know, I, I, the Lord was ministering to me about you a few days ago. And, uh, and what I was hearing is that you've been a great shepherd. Uh, that you have been great at gathering and maturing uh, and setting a table where people feel welcome setting a table where people feel 
uh, like they belong. And, and so there's like that family spirit, uh, that family atmosphere uh, that, you've been, uh, that you've been cultivating. And, uh, and let me say this, I, I, don't, I don't go on social media and, and look up anything or anyone, or like, let me see, what have they been preaching lately, or, or what's on their posts, or whatever. I, the least I know, the better. So when I'm someplace, and people start talking about things that have been going on, or whatever, I, I will just leave, because I don't want to know anything. Um, that's just the way I, I am. And so, because um, if I know something in the natural, I'm, I'm very hesitant to share anything prophetic on it. Uh, that's just, you know, and I might say like, I know this, here's what I sense. Right. But I, cause I want to be really honest. I want to have integrity in the prophetic. Amen. Uh, so, so I was, and I was sensing that you've, uh, that you've really navigated this is what the Lord, I could sense the Lord's, um, for lack of better words, the Lord's, uh, pleasure, the Lord's pride in a sense, like when the father is proud of, of their, their kids or whatever, uh, the the storms and the troubled waters that you navigated well is what the Lord was ministering to me about. That, that um, and, and even in the things that just like, I don't understand why and, and how, and, and uh, even some things that were um, an injustice, that were misunderstood, and that you didn't fight for your rights, but you just left it in the Lord's hands and said, Lord, I'm just putting it in your hands, and I'm putting my trust in you. And, and, and it's like the Lord, because um, there were things that you could have tried to, uh, for lack of better words, fight for, like not in a physical, right, um, but try to get your rights for and all of that. But I just sense the Lord's um, pleasure in the way that you just yielded and just said, Lord, I'm putting it in your hands. And it's like you gave him permission to do something that uh, would have never been accomplished in our own effort, right? It's kind of like, here's, a, here's five loaves and two fish. I'm giving it to you. And what five loaves and two fish could have produced, maybe feeding a handful, when it's given to Jesus, when it's surrendered to Jesus, all of a sudden it feeds thousands, it goes, like, like the limitations are broken off. And so, uh, but what the Lord was speaking to me about is that there's another dimension of apostolic building that is, that is happening here. And, uh, and I saw that this was a place of equipping, that there is, uh, there, but it's not just equipping here. This is really called to be a regional equipping center. There's something here for the region. The Lord said to me, um, years ago, and I, and I heard this this morning, uh, knowing that this was for you, when we were leading a church, he said to me, he says, Ryan, you need to stop thinking like a local church and start thinking like a movement. And, and, uh, and, and I want to say that to, to you. I want to say that to this house. Don't think like a local church. Think like a movement. Because you're called to forerun and pioneer movements, and you're called to equip leaders that will be pioneers of movements. That this is a place where leaders will emerge. This is a place where, um, where not only the saints being equipped in a very general sense, but the saints being equipped for, for advancing the kingdom and for leadership and pioneering is what I was seeing. And so leaders, equipping leaders who will pioneer fresh moves of God in the earth. Um, Pastor, you're really called to equip the equippers. This is supposed to be a place where the fivefold is birthed. And you have the capacity to actually father those that you recognize have greater gifting than you. And you're not threatened by it. You're like, man, I'm all for it. You know, it's like if my son surpasses me in everything I've ever done, I'm like, there's no competition. I love it. I, I want that, right? And so you have that father's heart, and I believe that's why the Lord is entrusting you with with this assignment. And so, um, <clears throat> so the, I saw the plumb line in your hand, the plumb line in Zechariah four plumb line is a tool for building, right? And, uh, so the plumb line is in your hand to build in a more impactful way. You've recognized where it's like, man, I feel like our impact or our influence has been, it's been okay, but there's, there's areas that you know, it's like, it just feels like it's been limited, but I see you building in a way that is going to take that influence and that impact to another dimension and to another place of influence. 
So there's greater capacity to build the apostolic house for this region, to build an apostolic house. And so uh, you're building for influence and for legacy. Influence and legacy. And, uh, and so I, I got that verse out of Isaiah 54 about expanding the tent pegs, right? Expanding the tent pegs. Uh, because the Lord is building and expanding the influence of this house beyond what it's been. Um, I really love this building. I love the way all this, this is so awesome and everything that this is great. But you'll need to have a facility that you'll be able to use multiple times a week for the equipping and for the, the things that God is doing. And, uh, and I do believe that the plumb line is spiritual and natural. I believe there will come a time where there will be, whether it's building from the ground up or remodeling or whatever, but there will be a builder anointing, not only in the spirit, but even in the natural for the facility that God has for you. And in fact, I just, we speak that forth right now. We just speak forth the facility that will be needed for, uh, for the purposes, for the assignments. It's not just a building for the sake of saying we have this. It is because of the assignments of heaven. And so, Lord, we just say, there's, let there be an activation of the angelic host of the assignments. And, Father, we say that the, the place will manifest itself, that the location will be very clear. It will be, it will be obvious. And we say that the word of the Lord has gone forth, that this is a, a builder house, and that the plumb line is here. So any opposition must be brought down in Jesus' name. And whatever is not present, whether it's resources, finance, whatever, it must come to the place of, of, of manifestation so the word can land and the word can be fulfilled in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. The Lord said he's called this place to be a hub of outpouring, signs, and equipping for the region. A hub of outpouring, signs, and equipping for the region. And, uh, and so I just saw a, a call in the spirit for an increase of, of healings to take place. And um, is, the, uh, is the keyboard... Um, Keyboard master present. Jake told me I had to like four o'clock, but um, well, I'm hungry too, man. You have no idea. I didn't have breakfast. <laughs> and so uh, let's do this. Let's stand together. Oh my goodness. Gosh, there's so many things we could um, go after. <clears throat> The table of family is here. There's also... <laughs> That's dangerous. It's dangerous. <laughs> Thank you. Um, <clears throat> the table of family is here, but there's also a shifting, not in a shifting of leaving that, but a shifting of adding to that, of the governmental, which is the apostolic, right? That governmental... Uh, governmental house or, or apostolic house, whatever you, if you want to call it, either one, it's fine. But there's also going to be something concerning the, the revelatory realm, the, the place of mysteries that God is unpacking, that this will be a place that can unpack the mysteries that can bring the prophetic without the weirdness that we have seen a healthy prophetic that understands the heart of the Father, that understands the identity of people, and understands the power of the word of the Lord to shift things. And so this is a place where the portals of supernatural activity are, are going to be experienced more and more. This will be a place that is known. I, I saw that this would be known as a place of signs and wonders. And uh, where people can be equipped in the things of the Spirit in a healthy culture. And so, so I just release this to you in the name of Jesus. Uh, I, I just, the Lord just commends you for building a, a place of belonging, building a place of family, a place of the table of the Lord. But there's also with that the supernatural element, the supernatural dimension that God is, is releasing as well. And so I just say that you are a, a, for lack of better words, a hub of outpouring signs and equipping for the region. Your, your call is not just as a local house. Your call is as a regional equipping center that, that brings in the culture of heaven and brings people into the, into the places of, of, of understanding and revelation. 
And so, Father, we thank you for that. I thank you, Lord, for all that you are doing here. Oh, my goodness. So much we could say, so much we could do. But, but Father, I thank you for the mysteries of the kingdom being revealed. And I say over this house and over the leadership that you are stewards of the mysteries of God, stewards of the uh, dimensions of the supernatural, because this is a region that, has, that is so saturated in Scripture but needs the demonstration of the Spirit. It's not that we leave one. It's not one or the other. It's both. It's both. We need, we need the foundation of Scripture and we need the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, you don't know the Scriptures nor the power of God. <laughs> he's, he's telling the religious, he says, you need to know both. And so I just say that this will be a house, and, and, and in, the right, in the right way, this will be a house of the balance of Scripture and Spirit that brings both to the table, that brings people into the understanding of what has been written and the understanding of what is presently being spoken and revealed. And so I bless you in the name of Jesus. I bless this house with the revelation of the heart of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit and the goodness of the Father. And I say that this is just the beginning for you. For the Lord has been setting some foundations. He's been setting some foundations here. But I'm telling you, this will be the time where you start to see the building taking place. The, the, the walls going up. The things, you know, as far as building the house building the, the apostolic house, building that governmental place in this, in, in this region. And so, Father, I thank you for family and for demonstration. And there is something, and I don't have time to get into it, but there is something that you will steward the mysteries of the sevenfold spirit of God. You will steward the mysteries of, of, of the seven lamps of fire that are burning before the throne. And that that will be something that you actually begin to, to, to father and mother in this region. Because what does it represent? The fullness of the Holy Spirit. We have operated in a measure of the Holy Spirit. But I love what it says in John. That he gives the Spirit without measure. Without measure. And so I say measureless over this house. Measureless over your lives. Measureless over your finances. Measureless over your businesses. Measureless over your health. Right now, I just see where energy, the energy of God is coming into several of you that have been having some physical uh, issues where it's like, man, I can't even get up in the morning or I just have no motivation. I say to you right now that there is the energy of God. It's When you see what God sees the energy of God begins to take over. It like just energizes you. I say there is an energizing, even in some of our faith right now, where it's just become a little complacent. It's just, we just kind of got a little bored or, or a little familiar. I say that, that your faith is being energized. Hope is being energized. And even your physical bodies are being energized right now. Yeah, in the name of Jesus. And I speak clarity in your mind. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for that. There is clarity taking place in the mind. We, we command for all mental fog to be blown out of this room in the name of Jesus, blown out of your lives. And Lord, I thank you for angelic assignments, even in the homes, that's going to just blow out all those things that have been trying to cloud and confuse and limit in the name of Jesus. And so, Lord, I thank you for all that you're doing. Oh, thank you, Lord. Man, so much we could do and say, but I'm trusting Holy Spirit's going to just have you, uh, as you leave here, he's just going to continue to download and pour out and reveal. Yeah, in Jesus' name. How many received this this morning? Amen. Can we give the Lord a thanks? Yeah. yeah, let's thank Ryan this morning. Wow, what a word. Yeah, wow. You could go away and feast on that for a long time. Um, let's do something. Let's just do a real quick activation, and then we're going to leash you. Put your hand on your head. <laughs> Say, as it is written, let it be done. Lord, align my mind 
with yours. I believe what you have spoken. Let it be done. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, listen, we love you guys. God bless you. Have an amazing rest of your Sunday. And uh, listen, let me give a shout out to Ryan and everybody at SOK. If, uh, if you're interested in looking into SOK, which is School of Kingdom, I highly advise it. Uh, my wife and I did it this last year, and there was so much revelation that was downloaded to us. And uh, you can go to SOK... Uh, schoolofkingdom.com and uh, you can check it out and uh, what I love about School of Kingdom is uh, you know there's a lot of great schools out there I mean and I'm going to give a big shout out to Bethel Redding BSSM but if you can't travel to California or if you can't go to school in a in a location SOK is probably one of the best schools of kingdom out there I mean really it really is and so I want to encourage you If you're wanting to go deeper with God, and we should all want to be going deeper with God and not become crystallized and not learn, we should always be learners. And as we move forward in that direction, man, God just continues to unveil things that we haven't seen before. It's like Ryan said today, we've had partial truth, but there is an anointing that's coming that is going to bring an accelerated place of deeper understanding of what he is saying and what he's doing. So go to SOKSchoolofKingdom.com and check it out. But uh, bless you guys. Have a great afternoon. Love you. God bless you. Um, If there's anybody, I just had a couple words. One, I saw somebody with like a rod or something in their right leg. I don't know if there's anybody that's dealing with something like that. Um, The other thing is cancer, bone cancer. Somebody's dealing with that, a family member. I just want to pray for you. Um, So I'll be up here. Good word of knowledge right there. Come on. So if that's you, if that connects with you, come up here and we're going to let Jared pray over you. Yeah. For more resources and information about Resurgent ATL, please visit our website, 